Makes it sun and cloud today. Chance of showers this morning. High at 10. Partly cloudy tonight. Low at 1. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. A few flurries in the morning. Chance of flurries in the afternoon as well. High of 3. For the weekend, sunny. High of minus 2 on Saturday. Mixed sun and cloud on Sunday. High of 6. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you along with us. Personal finances are as important now as ever before with cost of living concern as heightened as they are. I want to make sure you're okay now, but also for the future. The deadline for RRSP contributions is February 29th this year. It's a week today, so the leap year is going to give you an extra day to get your ducks in a row. What do you need to know? Let's get into that. Jerry Vinaratos is a tax specialist with UFILE and joins us now. Uh, Jerry, appreciate the time today. Oh, thanks for having me. So what do people need to know ahead of the deadline for February the 29th? Well, I mean, the key is that, the, as you mentioned, the deadline is different, essentially, from other years because it's a leap year. Uh, the rule is that it's always the first 60 days of the following year, right, which will be 2024. Most people are used to uh, always hearing about March 1st being the deadline, but because it's a leap year, it's actually February 29th. So don't make that mistake. Uh, make sure you get your contributions within February 29th and not March 1st, because March 1st, it will be too late for 2023. So I was going to ask, what happens if you are on March 1st or if you are too late? Essentially, they'll count for the following year. So you won't be able to to deduct them in the current year. That's what the provision of the first 60 days is, is essentially that it allows you to use those contributions against your income on your tax return for 2023. How does the first-time home savings account tie into RSP contributions? Well, it's, it's a program that's similar in structure to the RSP, meaning that any contributions you make to that plan will be tax deductible, just like an RSP. Uh, and of course, any withdrawals you make later on to the plan would be tax-free, kind of similar to the TFSA. So it kind of shares uh, the, the best of both worlds. Uh, now, the, the, uh, the FHSA, though, it's much more targeted, meaning that uh, it's, in order to create the account, you have to be considered by the government as a first-time home buyer, which means that you haven't owned a home that you lived in in the last four years. And it's the same rule when you withdraw from the account. Now, the one of that, how the, these two plans tie in is that you can actually make transfers between the accounts on a tax-free basis. Uh, so, for example, you could, you could uh, transfer from an RSP to an FHSA on a tax-free basis, so there's no consequence, and, this, and, and vice versa, you could transfer from an FHSA to an RSP on a tax-free basis. Have you had a lot of people asking about the FSA, FHSA? Yes, because of course it's new, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the shiny new object uh, that, that is on the tax return. So of course, we get a lot of questions on it. And it's actually you know, quite, quite, a, quite a great program, actually, that allows uh, people to save money for the purpose of putting a down payment uh, on the purchase uh, you know, of, of, of what the government considers a first-time home. What's nice about it as well is that it doesn't conflict with the existing home buyer's plan, meaning later on, let's say five years from now, when somebody has accumulated quite a bit of funds in the account, they could actually use both programs in order to put a down payment on, on a first home. What might count as owning a first home if you own a seasonal property? Does that count or does it have to be something like it's a, f- a full-time residence or if, or if you just own anything, that just counts? Well, basically, it would depend if it's considered a principal residence or not, uh, the, the part-time property. Um, and that's the key is that if you live in it, if you live in it on a personal basis, uh, then it might, it might disqualify you from the, from the first home savings account. 
uh, because of the fact that you're actually living in it. Now, if it's a rental, then it's not the case. Uh, but if you've lived in it, then the government might consider that uh, cottage, for example, a secondary residence as a, 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 a home you ordinarily lived in in the last four years and therefore could disqualify you for the FHSA. We are you know, looking at uh, this, looking at uh, tax season for people looking to minimize their income tax uh, liability. What uh, advice might you have for people? So, you know, everybody thinks there's some, you know, magic deduction or magic credit uh, that they can use to lower uh, their taxes. What I would say is the, the, the majority of time to optimize your return, most people, they miss, it's what I would call um, mistakes by omission. Uh, essentially, these are, you know, amounts that you can claim on your tax return, but you don't have the physical documents uh, or even the virtual documents in order to make the claims. Throughout the, ta- throughout the, the tax year, uh, you are incurring expenses a lot of times that are eligible to make claims on on your tax returns. For example, uh, medical expenses. When you go to your dentist, your dentist gives you the receipt right away. They don't give you the receipt during tax season like the, the slip emitters would. Uh, same thing for donations. I know that when I gave now to my charitable organizations, they send me almost instantly a receipt uh, to show the, you know, the, the tax receipt that I can use on my tax return. But they send it when I make the donation, not when I actually am filing the tax return. So what I would say is, you know, the, the best thing to do is to create a, 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 an archiving system throughout the year. You know, ta- tax, uh, your taxes are a year-round process, not just a three-month process. So either have a physical uh, folder you know, that you open at the beginning of the year and you stick documents uh, within the year that you feel are eligible for your tax return, and then you sort them later. Same thing with a virtual folder. So, for, so anything that you get virtually, for example, I know donations, they send it to me by email. Uh, I take that uh, document and put it in this virtual folder. That way it's ready when I'm filing my return. Do you find, uh, I mean, that's, you know, he's used to, it's, you'd see in like movies and TVs, people would have, you know, shoe boxes with old receipts and whatnot. Uh, I, you don't see, I don't, and this is, purely anecdotal i don't feel or see as many people doing that as as much as maybe in previous years keeping those receipts uh, for tax time no I, th- I think virtual is the way to go now i mean uh, you know even even though like i've got a little physical scanner that only costs me about a hundred dollars that i can simply scan receipts directly in i think that's the best way and even most emitters now whether you go to your dentist or whether you go you know even when you go to the store for example they even ask you now uh, whether you want uh, an email receipt or whether you want a physical receipt. To me, the best way to go is virtual, essentially. Either scan these, re- these physical receipts, put them in, this, in the virtual folder, you know, on your computer, basically. Uh, or when you, uh, when you give to your child organization, you have, usually they'll give you the option that they send you the receipt by email. Make sure that you archive uh, that thing properly. The, the days of shoebox is really gone Considering you know how, how you know you can even snap a picture now uh, of your receipts and scan it directly onto your cell phone. That's another way you could do it as well. So that's really the way to go now. Do you find people are still doing a good job of holding on to those, or or no? We're, we're, no, or no. Rather, whether it's in person or, or virtual. No, I would say no because the problem is they're not. What I find the issue. That's why I say that that tax returns are a year-round process. People only think of their tax return at the you know at the beginning of tax season, which usually is around February until April 30th. And unfortunately, people are not in the tax mode. The other thing that people don't do, and they miss out on uh, potential credits and deductions, is they don't follow the budget uh, that the federal government uh, releases and the and the provincial and your and the provincial budget re- releases every single year. Well, uh, every it's, single year. It's it's good advice as always, uh, Jerry. I certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
That's Jerry Viterados uh, from UFAL. He is a, a national tax specialist with them. Certainly knows whereof he speaks. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.